folks, and welcome to the Sense and Theory podcast, where we cut through the bias and extremism in order to find common ground that brings us together. I'm Sense. And I'm Theory. And, and I'm Beanzo. Oh. What? Yep, sure enough. Beanzo is here again. Today, we're not so much going to worry about cutting through bias and extremism. I mean, it, it might come up, but today we've actually got sort of a special type episode ready for you guys. Oh, boy. So about 10 episodes ago, we you know, got up on our high horse and all that stuff and said that there was more to life than politics. And then we rattled off about 10 episodes in a row of nothing but politics. <laughs> so today uh, we wanted to uh, talk about stuff that's not politics. Kind of, you know, we're going to kind of drop the curtain a little bit on the show. We got Beans over here to join us in the conversation. And, you know, today it's about all the other wonderful things that make up life when we're not pulling our hair out about left and right and liberal and conservative and all that junk. Right. So I really like to eat. <laughs> Eating's a good thing, right? That's- yeah. <laughs> yeah, it keeps you alive, you know. <laughs> What do you like to eat? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think uh, I think maybe we can focus it a little bit more than that. Um, so, you know, first off, uh, we wanted to kind of give you guys an idea of what it's like to podcast. It has actually been, uh, the show's been out since the first week of February, but for us, we've been doing this about a year. We yeah. started this in September of 2017, and I got to tell you, we learned, I have learned a lot uh, that I did not know about podcasting going into this. No, I, For one, it takes all of your free time. I learned that. Yeah, no, it most <laughs> so certainly we've, does. So we've kissed our weekends goodbye. But no, I, I, you know, in preparing for episodes and not wanting to look like a complete uneducated jackass, yeah. I've learned quite a bit about a lot of issues that I ordinarily wouldn't care about. And hopefully we've passed some of that on to the listeners. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I've I've grown as a person. I think it's funny because when I look back at where we were both at before this started, um, I feel like I have come pretty far right from my initial, you know, left leaning positions. And I feel mm-hmm. like you as well have come pretty far left from your initial right leaning positions. I think you yeah. still lean right and I still lean left. Right. right. Um, but there are definitely areas where we've come towards a center yeah. together. Um, and it's really funny because, you know, you wouldn't. You wouldn't really expect that to happen, although that is a core element of our show, yeah. is bringing people to the center. Well, I think the idea was that we would find, uh, you know, middle ground that from my position leaning right and from your position leaning left that we could agree on. We didn't think that it would actually pull us ideologically towards that center position. Right. And I remember, I think we mentioned this on the show before, but I remember especially after the police episode, which I believe is 18 or 19, somewhere in there. And uh, we came out of the police episode, and I thought we took it too easy on cops, and you thought we were too hard on cops, and that was like one of the first times that it hit me. Like, <laughs> man, we have we have really changed how we've you know what we brought into this and everything, right? And uh, I think uh, I think even Beanzo, uh, to an extent, in the conversations that we've had, uh, you know, after the show's done, I've seen you kind of change on some positions. Do you feel the same way? Uh, absolutely. Um- you know, it's real easy in the age of social media and, and you know, the 60-second news cycle to fall into, you know, an echo chamber. Yeah. And it's also very easy to just read the headlines and take mm-hmm. what the headline says as fact and not bother to read the article. Or not only that, but even 
you know, fact check the sources that the article's mm. based on, or in some people's cases, even see if there are sources to back the article <laughs> in yeah. the first place, yeah. you know, and it just pops up on people's Facebook and says, uh, you know, Donald Trump eats babies for dinner and, <laughs> you know, he likes like, food too. Yeah. Or, 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 uh, Obama leads a Satanist cult out in the middle of the desert or, or whatever. And, and there are people that believe that granted, not most people, but you know, some people will be like, well, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. yeah. You know, not bother to check into it at all. So it's, it's made me, uh, look further into the stories I see, check them, check, you know, stories of opposing viewpoint, because no matter how wild a story gets, some part of it somewhere is, is, based in fact at some yeah, point for the yeah. most part i think there's a lot of pressure on you as the fact checker extraordinaire right because at the end of this <laughs> if you don't catch it it kind of falls on you it's like okay well they missed it and beans missed it so yeah, yeah in a lot of ways you've got to be on your p's and q's even more than we are um because you've got to be there to catch our inaccuracies uh when they are there so many so many <laughs> <laughs> no it's interesting uh you know i wanted to i wanted to tell people so there's a process uh, to the whole thing. Like after we get done recording an episode, Beanzo, when he's awake, uh, has sat there and listened to the whole episode and he's made notes of all the things that he caught or, or, or we'll be sitting here talking to each other and we'll look over and all of a sudden Beanzo starts searching up he's something over, on his yeah, phone and, and like, you know, you've screwed up, you know? <laughs> and, and then we'll kind of go out on the back porch and kind of, you know, stand up for a second, you know, stretch our legs and stuff. And Beanzo will start reading off all the things that we got wrong and it'll become this like passionate debate. Well, that's that's only wrong because of the way you're looking at it, man. And no, if you look at the numbers this way and then, you know, but it all gets like wrapped up into this like tiny little bow for the people. You know, they just hear the Beanzo segment. But no, there's there's a painful, arduous process that goes into those. That's right. It's funny you mentioned the, the back porch conversations because that's another part that that people really miss out on in the show. And it would be an absolute train wreck to record those yeah. conversations and put them out there. But some really interesting things happen. We'll have things, you know, set out in our head or set out in the outline, and we'll be outside talking about it. And things will change, yeah. You know, and I'll I'll change my mind on an issue. You know, we'll hash some things out <laughs> yeah. beforehand and and come to different positions. Um, and then you guys get like the hammered out end result of that. You yeah. know, the nice shiny uh, armor. You know, with the sun emblazoned on it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like last week's porch conversation where you each dug your heels in even further and refused to concede. Hey, that's a good yeah. point. Yeah. 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 No, that absolutely happened. And that, uh, that topic that you're referring to will be on an upcoming episode. <laughs> but, um, you know, I think it was really interesting when we, f especially earlier on, uh, when you and I, who hadn't been hanging out for quite some time, uh, we got back together, we started doing this. And so then we started talking about our positions on various things. So I remember one of the things that we early on conflicted about was the, you know, the old capitalism versus socialism thing. Absolutely. So what would happen is we would get together to prepare an episode and we would have to go, you know, we go through the episode and everything. We talk about the episode and then every time say, I don't know, seven or eight sessions in a row, then we would have a 45 minute argument about capitalism. <laughs> <Yeah. socialism. laughs> so, you know, so we got to the point where it's like, Oh, I'm gonna go over here and prep this episode. I should be home about nine or 10. No, I get home at one o'clock in the yeah. morning. <laughs> and most of that was just us arguing about capitalism and socialism. So it's in, I think there was times where we tried to put that in the episode, 
because we felt bad, right? Like we were like, well, you know, we're talking about people being able to hash things out, but most of the time, by the time we get to the episode, we agree. We've already, yeah, we've already hashed it out. (laughs) So they don't get to see it. But then every time we tried to do it, it devolved into like petty nonsense. You know what I mean? And like, we both be like, ah, I didn't like that at all. So, so we are in a sense, Dear listener, you are losing out on some things, but I think we're saving you from a lot of headaches. <laughs> I definitely think so. And I just, I want to, I want to say too, you know, you mentioned, um, you know, kind of scrubbing stuff after the fact. It's surprising to me, and, and I've talked to other podcasters and stuff, and they do it way differently than we do, but it's surprising to me how little we actually edit. Right. I mean, if you think back to most of these episodes, what you guys are getting is, is, is raw and uncut for the most part. When yeah. I go back to edit these, I don't cut out sections that are boring. Um, I don't, I don't cut out mistakes and things like that. You know, mm-hmm. people get uh, the the conversation from start to finish, which I think right. is really interesting about our podcast. Like I said, I've talked to other podcasters and people edit out ums and ahs, and they edit out you know sections of the conversation that didn't sound good and this, that, and the other. Um, so I think that's something that's really unique well, what was to our, the, show. our our first guest. Uh, was blown away at the fact that like he thought he thought that we did it in one take and was like amazed at it. But then like when we went to do it and he saw like the process and stuff, he was like, "Oh, this is brilliant!" Yeah, you know, because you know it's just the way that we go about it, and that's a that's a trade secret. So I think we're gonna keep that <laughs> one. We're gonna keep that one close to the vest. But uh, you know, another thing that we did want to talk about as far as the show, just a couple you know quick little things, just to kind of give you guys a heads up. We are considering uh, taking a break uh, over the holidays uh, when it comes up, you know, maybe from Thanksgiving to Christmas or New Year's. Could be shorter, could be longer. We're not sure. But just to give you a heads up so that, you know, if all of a sudden we're like, hey, and we'll be back in a month, you know, you're not (laughs) surprised. Uh, We're also flirting uh, in the new year with uh, going to a uh, biweekly format. That's right. And And, and I want to talk about the reason for that. Um, You know, we do a weekly show and... We try really hard not to have episodes like this one where we're just sitting around and having roundtable discussions. We try mm-hmm. really hard to dig deep uh, and learn about issues we're talking about. And and one thing I've learned from doing this is that's really hard. Yeah, you no, know, I thought going into this, oh, I could spend a few hours, you know, researching the the latest Trump tweet or you know, researching this, that, or the other. No, you go down the rabbit hole for a minute, and you're there for twenty minutes. Yeah. Twenty minutes later, you're there for an hour, and then two hours, and then you, you know, it's three in the morning. Uh, yeah. you're trying desperately to get to sleep. You wake up the next day and you do it all over again. Yeah. Um, yeah. so it's really difficult to consistently produce episodes, um, that are high quality, uh, and in depth. So I think moving to, uh, a biweekly format will allow us to, to go deeper into issues. Cause mm-hmm. I still think there are areas where we're, we're not quite there. You know, we can do better. Um, and honestly, it'll give us some, some, some family time back, some alone <laughs> yeah. time back. Um, yeah. And, you know, this is really hard because we both have full-time jobs. Right, right. So this is all weekend stuff that we're doing here. And maybe one day we'll have enough listeners uh, who are begging to give us money on Patreon. We'll open a Patreon and, uh, you know, maybe one day this can be our jobs. But for now, that's not the case. So right, right. I- I'd like to hear some feedback from listeners if they'd still uh, if they'd still listen if we're bi-weekly. Um, you mm-hmm. know, I-, I can't imagine anyone being super turned off by that. Yeah. Um, but it, you know, if you guys have any thoughts about that, or if you, if you want us to start a Patreon and, and, you know, help us keep a weekly show, <laughs> let us know too. Absolutely. <laughs> oh yeah. Just you two get help, huh? Never <laughs> mention the fact that all three of us have full-time jobs. <laughs> Not to mention the fact that these two jerks come take up my house for 
Oh, I don't know. Anywhere between six and 11 hours every Sunday. <laughs> That's true. Which, you know, I could just be having a nice lazy Sunday and not doing anything. But no, in fact, I have to clean the house. We should, we should, to, we should start a Patreon or a GoFundMe for your fiance who has to put up with this. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Every no doubt. Sunday. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure she would be appreciative. I'm sure. And, and would probably, uh, you know, buy an outsourced episode with her profits just to get the uh, get, get the house back for a weekend. You know, right back. No, it it has. Uh, it really has. It's been a crunch on all of us, man. I, I've, you know, it's gotten to the point where I think Monday is like the one day off that I get. You know, yeah. because between work and the show, like, uh, what is it? So uh, Tuesday or Wednesday, we're typically getting the episode ready for you know to go up to, for people to download and everything. And then whatever day that's happening, the other one becomes research day where, you know, start combing the stuff for the next subject. Thursday is generally the time we start putting together a skeleton. And then oftentimes Friday and Saturday night, uh, we are going over it together and getting it ready to go. Starting six o'clock Friday, going to midnight and then Saturdays, you know, sometimes five, six hours Saturdays and then Sunday morning (laughs) before we record the episode. Yeah. Um, it is quite a chore, but you know what? Um, I'm not mad at that. No, I'm not at all. I've really enjoyed doing the show. I think when I think back on the ways that uh, that I've grown um, and the things that I've learned, like I don't, I don't regret that at all. In fact, um, you know, the hardship of it gives me a sense of accomplishment too. So yeah. when I launched that episode on Thursday, most of the time I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah, yeah. You know, with the exception of a few episodes, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah I don't know how <laughs> yeah. this is going to go over. Um, you know, maybe the, I was a little nervous when, when we dropped the abortion skit. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, but for the most part, <clears throat> it's very rewarding. Yeah. Um, and, and we've gotten a lot of support. I think, you know, looking at the numbers, I think we got about 300 listeners a week. Mm-hmm. That's more than I thought we'd get in a year. Yeah. Um, truthfully, you know, I figured a hundred listeners after a year would be a something good to be goal. Excited about. Yeah, yeah, something to yeah. be excited about. So, um, I'm, I'm happy that people are listening. I'm happy that people are enjoying the show. Um, I've, I've enjoyed how much, uh, more nuanced, uh, I've grown like ideologically, not to, not to cover that same old ground, but just in that research, like I feel a burden uh, when I'm doing that research to make absolutely sure that we are representing this side and this side and this side. And so then that's, that's taught me not only like how to kind of comb through the news stories and, and trace stuff back and research stuff back better, but it's also made me think so much more critically. And cause you know, I've got, I've got you in my head like, okay, so what's he going to say if this gets presented Stuff. And and what should this person say if this gets pretty, you know, and I, and I got to think through all these things, probably to my detriment sometimes, <laughs> well, but it, it, sta- it stands to reason too. Cause the more, you know, about a subject, the more well-rounded your, you know, observation of the subject will be, you right, know, right. It, getting back to getting pigeonholed. If you're searching all kinds of different things and getting all kinds of different views, then that alone helps you see multiple sides of an issue. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think uh, I think we do have uh, you know big hopes for this thing going forward. Uh, at least I know I do. We're going to continue to uh, turn out the episodes, like we said. It might be biweekly, but uh, yeah, we're going to be here for quite some time, guys. And we hope that you stick with us and stay along on the ride. Absolutely. Um, shifting gears a little bit because we unfortunately still talked about politics. Somewhere. 
You know what doesn't have gears? <laughs> what does not have gears? Tall bikes. Tall bikes don't have tall gears. Tall bikes. Do tall not. bikes <laughs> are fixed gear. Do you know what a tall bike is, Beans? Uh, you all uh, hit me to this uh, yesterday, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong here, but being a fixed gear bike, there would at least be one gear involved, right? Uh, <laughs> tenacious. <laughs> he is tenacious. I was mean, that, was that a correction? <laughs> I'm just trying to do my due diligence. Dang. But but yes, I did look into tall bikes right. a little bit. Tall bikes are a scourge upon the earth. Um, I equate, I mean, it's Wait. not even as cool as a unit. It's almost like a unicycle because you're way up high. But less but, dangerous. But less dangerous and, and takes less skill. It's like, it's like, hey, look at me. I'm riding a tall bike. Do you know how ridiculously hard it is to get on and off of the tall bike? But I'm still going to do it. Like, yeah. what reason do you have for well, that? Once, the, you, once you get the off-road tires, you can just roll right over all the zombies during the zombie apocalypse because <laughs> they're going to be up to your Okay, so, so I can see know? if we're practicing for zombie apocalypse, maybe. But one guy, we were watching one guy. What did he yeah. say? He he tried to spin it into a safety issue. Oh, yeah, I'm much more visible. He's, yeah, he's I'm, like, I'm much more visible, more visible to oncoming traffic. And, 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 and I'm you, like, no, dude, you like people looking at you. If you guys haven't seen this picture, um, you know the bike with the giant front wheel and the small little wheel? Imagine if it's about that height, okay? But all it is is it's a regular bike with the seat, the handlebars, and the gears extended up to that height. <laughs> so basically, you're on a regular bike that's just tall. It's just and tall. and you can't like you pretty much can't come to a stop without jumping yeah, off. There was of it. the guy in New York was hilarious because he was saying, "Well, you pretty much get in the habit of making a lot of right turns because <laughs> it's it's hard to stop at stop signs unless there's like a newspaper box to kick your foot out on." <laughs> I'm thinking like who. Who does this? <laughs> yeah. Why do and, you exist? And hey, you know, don't get me wrong. I have a lot of friends who are very into cycling, very into bikes and stuff. I'm all for you. But we were looking at videos for tall bikes that are like, tall bikes are going to save the world, <laughs> man. I think that was tongue in cheek. <laughs> I mean, a little bit. But sometimes, man, that 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 the cyclists, I'm going to go ahead and say it. Sometimes the bicyclist movement Gets a little too holier than thou for me, man. It's just they're like saving oh, the planet, it's, it's, dude. What well, are you talking about? I mean, that's fine that they're saving the carbon planet, emissions. I don't know, man. It's saving it's, steel. It's it is too much. Like I get it. That's fine. I'm glad that you're doing it. But no, it's kind of like uh, if you remember. I don't know if you've ever seen Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Yeah, yeah. But where the vegan comes out and he's got superpowers, like that's what I get from the bicycle people. Like, just calm down a little bit, man. Well, and a lot of them want you to share the road, but obey zero traffic. Obey laws. zero traffic. You know, that's a stereotype. Uh, I've ah, seen it plenty of times. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying they all do. I said a lot of them. I'm yep. not sure how many times I've seen a cyclist put his arm up for a turn signal. Almost, <laughs> almost <laughs> never. Uh, <laughs> Full stops, almost never. Yeah, uh, stops rolling at all. stops. Yeah, yeah, stops at all. You know, stop if you got to like, stop, you just get off the road and get on the sidewalk and go right across. Not, right? Isn't that how it works? You know? <laughs> the crosswalk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then once you get over to the other side, and you know, you just get back on the road and keep going. Right? I mean, <laughs> again, isn't that the that way is, it works. That is not to say that there are not tons of lovely cyclists out there. Absolutely. In and, fact, and I'm good friends with many of them. Yeah. Now, let me just say. <laughs> Are you saying are you saying some of my best friends ride bikes? That uh, that's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> oh man, how did oh, we man. get here? <laughs> well, we uh, actually it's funny because we recently, uh, you know, those of you who listen to the podcast may not know because we've kind of kept it separated, but we're doing like a local voter awareness thing here in the city where we live, and so we did this survey 
um, out at a local music festival. And, you know, we posted online. We're getting responses. And one of the questions was, uh, you know, uh, are there any issues that we did not mention on the survey that you would like put onto this questionnaire that we're going to be sending the mayoral candidates here? And there are so many people just like bike lanes, bike lanes, bike lanes, bike yeah. lanes. So I, I get like I totally get it. I think we need bike lanes. I'm, I'm all well, for. I'm glad about the things the bikes. we're think about the things we're complaining about. We're we're complaining about bikers, uh, you know, interacting with traffic. And and the reason that's a problem is because there aren't specific lanes for the bikes that. to yeah. be in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, they're not as much of a problem if there's a specific lane and you know a line telling you don't scoot over and, and push them off the road. Cause for some reason without a line, you know, people just don't know how to behave. Everything just gets crazy. <laughs> and, and, and to be fair, the city is actively talking and working about adding more bike lanes. They are. Yeah. And I, and I think it's true across the country. I think most cities are, are finally like looking into that. And again, it's a good thing. I just, uh, you know, I just don't need to hear about biker super people. You know what I mean? like, <laughs> oh, you don't bike. It's no, funny I don't because bike. I wanted a tall bike at first, and then, and then after watching the third video, I was like, "These people are absurd. <laughs> These people are absurd." Sorry, back to the tall bikes. <laughs> yeah, all the way up on that tall bike, still can't see the curvature of the earth. <laughs> are, are you saying beans that the flat Earth theory is not world class producer and fact checker extraordinaire approved? That might be what I'm getting to. I think. <laughs> Or at least that I can see certain parallels between people of the two respective groups. <laughs> you know, Tall that, bikers and flat earthers? I mean, I don't think it's that that out there. I mean, I don't think it's that wild of a conspiracy that if you want to ride a bike that's nine feet off the ground, that you <laughs> might not think the earth's round. I mean, I'm just saying, throwing that out there. Yeah, Benzo's actually our resident conspiracy theorist. We've just been hiding it this whole time, what it is. <laughs> um, they're keeping me down they won't let me talk <laughs> uh you know we also one of the things that i wanted to talk about today is something that we have never talked about on the show and it actually i think it was it was in episode three i had a section about millennials and true enough one of those porch conversations that we have we had this big argument about how useful generational labels were and all that stuff and it ended up getting cut and we never came back to it and so I thought today uh, would be a good chance for us to kind of talk about, you know, what it, in a sense, like what impacts being a millennial has on us and people right. our age. And and I, I think I, I probably argued with you about that because I absolutely hate generational labels. No, you absolutely did. I, yeah. I don't understand <laughs> them. Um, you know, I don't, I just don't get it. I, I, I mean, so we talked about it and, and you said, well, you know, someone who grows up with a cell phone in their pocket, obviously will have some different uh, worldviews, yeah. uh, different approaches than someone who, you know, grew up without a cell phone in their pocket. And then, you know, I get that. It, it's, right. That strikes a chord with me. Yes. In some ways, um, you know, you can make a, a useful delineation, but to me, it would be a useful delineation to say people who grew up with cell phones in their pockets, you know, yeah. the millennial label is, I think it's so broad. Go I, ahead. I, that's exactly what I was about to say is it's too broad. Growing up, I was a Gen Xer, and now all of a sudden I'm considered a millennial. And there was a Gen Y yeah. and a Gen Z between those. Oh, and they're still they're you still know, redefined. Like, I think I think we uh we were all born in eighty three or I was or born in eighty two. Eighty two, yeah, yeah. I think all three of us now they they've created like a subgroup for us. There's something that's not a millennial, like we're called like 
classic millennials or something like that. You know what I mean? I, I forget exactly what it's called. And, and Millennial what's the distinction classic. for? I get, is what I'm getting at is is like, are we trying to find a useful label so we can have a discussion about specific specific phenomenon? I, mm. I and I don't feel like that's the case. I I feel like more it's used as a as a label to to write dank memes. And, yeah. and more, I think it's a marketing thing too, because if you can get people to all identify with a certain group and market products toward that group, then you have a built-in base of people to buy your products. You so know? you convince so enough people they're that millennials. they are millennials, and then tell them that nine out of ten millennials approve. <laughs> I mean, seriously, and and the marketers look at things in those kind of terms they will look at how this product tested with millennials they will look at how it tested with boomers right you know and that's you know with with data collection online and stuff i mean today's world is all about marketing to a very large degree yeah well i think undoubtedly it has been co-opted i can't say where it came from first i would not be surprised at all to find out that like the whole concept of generational labeling came from you know the world of marketing Came would from not Edward Bernays would like. not surprise me at all, but I can't say for certain. There's no doubt in my mind that they have co-opted it, but I, I return to the, so I think there is a usefulness in saying that someone, you know, who grew up again, like you said, in a world that did not have cell phones, they are fundamental. It's a fundamentally different starting point than where my daughter is starting. Mm. Now I think it's when you try to, when you try to get real specific about it, when you start saying, well, if you were born in the first part of 1983, then you're a Gen X. And if you were born in the second part, that's ridiculous. I, I don't think we can use them as anything like super concrete. But actually, in talking to you, I said, I also think that perhaps race, to an extent, should be treated more like the idealized way that I think we should treat generational labels. It is, it is a loose thing that says... This is something that may impact your life and your choices and so on and so forth. Uh, because you know, of the u- unique circumstances. Because of that- the unique experiences that you've had. Uh, however, it does not define you. It does not determine who you are and what you're going to do. You know, So I think it's silly when you, know, you see the arguments uh, between you know, boomers and millennials. And, and boomers are like, well, millennials are lazy and roustabouts <laughs> yeah. and no goods. Or we try to take these big, uh, you know, stats about how millennials are doing in the housing market or with jobs and stuff and say, well, this means this means this about everybody who's under the age of 35. Like that's, that's ridiculous. I do think, and I've thought this for a very long time, that there are unique things to the era in which we grew up. And one of them, I think is the idea of we, in a sense, were forced to live in the past. And so what I mean by that is if you go back and I have to use those generational labels, <laughs> but if you go back, media kind of kind of explodes and blossoms into form like during the lifespan of the boomers, right? So the greatest generation, they had talkies and and radio and TV towards the end of their life, but it's not something that they grew up with. So boomers were the first generation to have this like fascination with old pop culture in a sense. Um, you know, you saw in the seventies, there was a resurgence in like fifties nostalgia. You had the show happy days, a fifties song started hitting the top of the charts. Greece. Greece. Yeah. And, and you saw very quickly, there were reunion shows and and replays and remakes and reviews and just everything in the past. Well, we came out the gate like that. They developed that on their own, but from a very early age, 
we were hit with this, oh, the past was better. The past, you know, it's like this gilded rose-colored glasses view of the past. And we were constantly bombarded with the idea that, like, high school was going to be the peak of our existence. Right? Oh, yeah, because after high school, you're going to get a job in the rat race and, you know, come home tired to your wife and two kids that you, you know, had to fix dinner for and tuck yeah, in. Yeah, man. Like, yeah, that was, high school was it. John Hughes movies. I mean, you know, they just, they glorified high school and made it into this thing where it was like the culmination of your existence. And everything after that was like death of a salesman. It was just people upset and middle-aged and and mad about their lives. Think about the way uh, Al Bundy was portrayed on Married with Children. He was constantly remembering back to high school when he threw that touchdown. And I think he, you know, obviously they were lampooning him for that there. But I think that culture bombarded us with that to the point where I think a lot of people our age had a midlife crisis of sorts when they were 22 in their (laughs) early twenties. Yeah. I mean, and I think that that kind of, it obviously does not go the full distance explaining the questions of why millennials move out late, why they have trouble transitioning into jobs and stuff like that. There's obviously a breadth of issues that play into that, but I think that's part of it because it, you know, I, in a sense, I felt like, you know, once I was in high school, I was like, well, everything's going to suck from now on. You know right. what I mean? <laughs> that was the freest I'm ever going to be. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I think, I think we all kind of felt that way. And it, the funny thing is it turned out, uh, you know, here I am in my thirties and I still go to parties and I still have fun and I still yeah. hang out. And in fact, raising kids has been like one of the funnest parts of my life. Whereas, uh, 18 year old me would have been like, Oh, that's when I'm dead. It's funny. Cause I've always said, you know, oh, minivan dad never happened. Yeah. Had my third kid. And I was like jumping up and down to get a <laughs> minivan. I was like, I can't wait. No, the you kids were have super friends. excited. About we're going to take minivan. all their friends to the pool together. We're going to go pick them up. They're going to be rowdy in the back seat, and it's going to be great. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. So like, yeah, I do feel like I, you know, I grew up with that. Um, you know, that nostalgia you were talking about and that maybe dread for the future, but it, and maybe I'm just lucky. Um, It definitely didn't turn out that way for me. Um, You know, life is good. But something else you said that was interesting, you know, you were talking about um, this generation staying with their parents and stuff. And and to me, you know, you can pin a lot of that on on economics, but you're right. There are other parts, you know, there are other factors at play there. Mm -hmm. What what doesn't serve us in that conversation, though, again, is the millennial label. Mm -hmm. Like, there are going to be subgroups in there that that are affected by factors that have nothing to do with millennials. Right. That that you know, so to me this just this label thing again it's just it breaks down it's useless like we could have had this whole conversation without using the word millennial. Um Yeah, but I would have been saying people who are in their 30s now. <laughs> which is millennial. Well, it depends on what day, you know. So, well, yeah, well you, no, I mean the issue is, right, that we're talking about a group of people who are still living with their parents as they approach 30. I mean, do you, would you say it out like that every time? Yeah, Maybe so. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, well, I think, but that's <laughs> what I'm so. saying. I, I think you're, you're going like the other direction with, it. I I'm think what's important. Far. Well, no, what I think is important is decouple it. I, I obviously concede that there are different groups within that group. All sorts of things can, can factor into that. I'm just saying that this may yet, be another factor that affects this array of people. Right. You know what I mean? It's, it's so it's like, I don't think we should worship the label, but I don't think it's completely useless. 
You know what I mean? And there it's, you it's, are at the center. As you, yeah, yeah. Look, look at me right there in the middle. Well, here's a question for y'all: How do y'all feel about avocado toast? <laughs> it's funny. My wife started making avocado toast now and again. See, when the whole thing blew up, well, because of the yeah. news reports about the twenty dollar toast in in California. Yeah, and has and nothing love, to do with you guys being millennials. I love <laughs> avocado toast, right? And I love avocados. And and there's been. I, a marketing push for avocados? I don't know, but <laughs> there there definitely is a phenomenon there with avocados, right? The, I would the avocado say, lobby's got to you, man. <laughs> maybe so, maybe so. Uh, subconscious bias somewhere, I don't know. Who knows? But I would never pay $20 for avocado toast. Yeah. I can tell Fair you that enough. right now. I'm in the clear. I, I don't particularly like avocados, and I actually... I uh, I just started requesting like when I go to like Taco Bell or something I just started requesting them to hold the guacamole. You don't like guacamole. And I mean been, guacamole I, no. is a separate beast from avocado. No, and here's man. the deal, man. Like I ate a burrito and it didn't have any guacamole in it, and I was like, why haven't I been doing this the whole time? Wow. Yeah. No, man. I'm not a guac fan. I'm the extra guac guy. Oh man. I'm not a See? fan of guac or avocado. So I'm kind of in the same boat as theory, you know. But <laughs> so, I, I'm gonna sound like an old so man. Yet and be again, like, the millennial label completely breaks down and oh, shows man. that it is no, no, utterly See, I'm, useless. I'm a Gen Xer, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I think this is yet another divide that somehow we've overcome on this show just to show how good we are at this. You know, we found we found common ground. We we you make your burritos without guac and I'll or with them. And with all, guac, yeah, lots yeah. of you guac. slather it on there. You can have all the guacamole wherever we're at. Well, I don't know. Uh, maybe it was the added voice of reason, you know, helped you guys break down those barriers. <laughs> <laughs> well, that or you've exposed avocado gate. Yeah. I'm I just mean, happy I get extra avocado next time we go to lunch. <laughs> Gives me warm fuzzies inside. <laughs> no, I, I think, you know, you were talking earlier about uh, still, you know, not thinking when you were 18 that you were going to be stoked, you know, to be a parent and like raising your kids and everything. And, I, and I'm I'm the same way. Like I'm echoing that wholeheartedly because I I actually always wanted to have kids, but I'm still astounded at how much of a joy they are. And I know there's people out there that you know don't want to have kids or or you know think uh, you know put them off or stuff. But I I had you know my my daughter. We definitely had her early. Don't regret it in the least. I don't care if you were to lay out my my stuff, my life, and be like, see, if you would have waited six years to have your daughter, I don't give a damn, man. It's been a joy and a delight the whole time, dude. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, things things constantly just pop up that surprise me that are fun and interesting, even in the hardships. Like uh, my daughter, I, I think I've mentioned before, she has anxiety. Um you know, some normal everyday things are hard for other things are really easy for. But uh, we went to Kings Island on a on a school trip and I got to chaperone. I work for myself. So it's great. I can just drop everything and go chaperone whenever I want. <laughs> um, and and she was terrified of the big coasters. You know, and she got yeah. some of the small ones and it was fine, but like terrified to the point of of breaking down and crying. You know, and yeah. she wanted to go. She's like, I want to ride the bat so bad. I've you know, I've been excited about this. So. I decided early in the summer to let her know, like, hey, this is this is something we're going to work on. You know, we're going to get you past this anxiety. And and to do that, I want you to think about this summer, which coasters are, are scary for you, you know, which ones are the hard one. And we're going to make a list, right? You're going to order this list in, in the least intimidating to the most intimidating. And at the end of summer, we are going back to Kings Island. You're going to start at the bottom of the list and work your way up. So like, this is great. This is like leveling up like a video game. Exactly. Oh, this is exactly. exactly. And all summer, you know, we talked about it and she would bring it up. She started having dreams 
about riding roller coasters, oh, yeah. right? You know, a month before uh, school was going to start and we were going to go. So, and, and, and finally the day comes and we get there and she kicks ass. I mean, mm. from, from coaster one and you can tell like she's getting more and more confident. We started at, at some, some rinky dink coasters. We went up to the diamond back at like at two or three and, and I got her the fast pass. Cause I figured if she's trying to work past her anxiety, like standing in line, sitting there thinking about you know, it, yeah, with no. two hundred people in front of you inching forward, that's yeah. not going to be any help. So I got the fast pass. We're able to just walk up to the front of the line. She gets on the Diamondback, my man, and and has a smile on her face. Like yeah. I can tell she's a little nervous, but she's like, "I got this licked." Yeah. Here we go. Got off the Diamondback and was like, "We're doing that again." We went five times in a row <laughs> on the Diamondback, and she pre- proceeded to crush every single coaster um, okay. up to the end of that list. So, like, that was like it's it's one of those things you you know you think like my kid's gonna have these issues and problems they're gonna be hard to deal with, but that was like this magical thing that coalesced yeah. over the course of a summer. Um, that was, that was fun mm-hmm. and interesting. And, and we both grew as yeah. a result from it. And I, I think, I think people look at how hard being a parent will be. And they do that thing, like in the beginning of idiocracy and they go, Oh, well, we can't financially take care yeah. of this baby, yeah. you know, and they decide not to have kids. And I, and honestly, I think we're doing a disservice to the mm-hmm. world. Um, because, because many, many people are like that. It's too yeah. hard to raise a kid, you know, and you got to think, man, I mean, I'm blessed. I have a good job. I'm able to uh, you know, I have a wife who doesn't have to work, who can help take care of the kids. So I don't need to like go find, uh, uh, you know, daycare for right, my kids, right. which might cost me, I don't know what, $1,400 a month. Oh, it's it's expensive. Yeah, like yeah. I'd be, I'd be floundering if I had to have daycare, you yeah. know what I'm saying? But I, I just think it's a, it's a tragedy that we've allowed that, uh, that view that maybe influenced us as kids to, to mold our reality now. Well, some of it, some of it, I would say isn't so much impacted as that view from when we were kids. It was, it, it's just the, uh, the constant waiting game of wanting to be in a good place and be responsible and stuff. And, and I can't, I can't in good conscience like completely argue against that. I mean, that's, that's obviously the better way to an extent to go about it. It's just don't be like the couple in idiocracy, right? Like don't wait around for that perfect moment so much that, that you never find it. Now I will say there's also a group of people, like if you're not invested in like having a kid, like I don't want you to have a kid. Right. Please, please don't have a kid. You know what I mean? Cause it takes, it takes some serious effort. I mean, there are times where just pulling my hair out. I remember one night, I think it was Halloween night. And that was, uh, luckily, luckily I'm fortunate to say that was my most trying night as a parent. But we, we came home from trick-or-treating, and my daughter was in the kitchen. This is this is years ago. She was about uh, four or five years old. No, she was younger than that. Sorry. She was three or four years old. And she was in the kitchen, and she had some uh, uh, cans of green beans. And, you know, we let her have, like, two or three cans of green beans, and she kind of play with them as blocks. So I'm sitting there. Could, couldn't afford the, the wooden blocks. Oh, it was, you know, 15 <laughs> miles in the snow uphill both ways. No, she just preferred the cans of green beans. But uh, I think because they squished when she oh, shook nice, them or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, so she's doing that. And I'm watching TV or whatever. And all of a sudden I hear like them fall over and she starts gasping for breath. And I I freaked out. You know, this is the first kid, man. Like I, I went over here, I jerked her up, I held her up. And I was like, what's going on? You okay? You okay? And, you know, I'm patting her back and she keeps, <gasps> you know, and I was like, what the hell, man? I We jumped in the car. I didn't even call the ambulance. Jumped in the car, did like 90 going down the road to get to the hospital. 
Uh, we get to the hospital. Long story short, we were in, uh, we got transferred to another hospital. They did all sorts of tests. They scoped her and turns out it was sinus drainage. But we were like typical first time parents. Like I'm freaking out. I'm like, no, my baby's dying. Y'all get in there and figure out what's going on. Put her on the table. Well, why is she gasping? Like I'm trying to tell the doctors what's up, you know, because I was a wreck, man. He's like, no, her blood pressure's fine. (laughs) Yeah. And to tell you the truth, uh, that night may or may not. I was cool that night. But to tell you the truth, like my whole, like, if there was ever any question that I was going to uh, use intoxicating substances. Uh, after that, having a daughter, that night put it to bed. Right. I was like, there ain't no way I could have talked to all them people if I was high. Or something, man. <laughs> I, I was like, I would have been exposed. They would have took my baby. I was like, never, never. You know? But it's so it is trying. You know, you have to you have to be all in. You know, if you're gonna have a kid, you definitely have to be all in. And Beans is over here with his arms crossed, like. You guys had me on the show today to talk about kids, you assholes. <laughs> <laughs> well, why I might not have any kids, I'm still somewhat of a kid myself, you could say. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know, man. I've seen the posters hanging in your room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I watch anime. I play video games. Uh, I even read manga. And for those of you not as nerdy as me, uh, manga is Japanese comic books that are read right to left. Do no. you sleep with one of those pillows shaped like the cartoon? I don't girls? actually. I don't actually. <laughs> he would never admit it. Even if I, w- he I wouldn't, but I don't. <laughs> no, we're, we're giving beans a hard time. I religiously go watch Marvel movies. Like I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I actually uh, just recently was uh, watching He-Man with my son. Nice. And I mean, my son is, uh, you know, he kind of understands what's going on, but let's, let's be honest. I was watching He-Man while my son was in the room. That's what it amounted to. You know? and you're like I'm being honest Turning him around. You were watching He-Man. He just happened to be there. He just happened to be hanging out with Daddy. Yeah. You know what really gets my goat? <laughs> what? Tall bikes. Oh, my God. <laughs> but tall bikes aside, have you guys, uh, have you guys seen anything like, uh, you know, seen any TV shows or anything like that recently that you would recommend to our, our listening audience? Maybe get us an endorsement deal. I don't. I don't know. Um, me personally, <laughs> you know. Well, I did mention anime. I'm a big sci-fi fan. Oh, you are you? Say I am. Oh, I know, I know that might come as a surprise to some people. Yeah, especially anybody that heard the Beanzo segment on the yeah. uh, science episode would just I mean, be shocked. Yeah, it, to find that exactly. out exactly. Um, but I would have to recommend Star Trek Discovery. I really enjoyed it. Wow. Um. Got a lot of hate because it wasn't the next generation again. <laughs> and, you know, I get that. I love the next generation. But it's something in that universe, which I'm okay with. Mm. And another good sci-fi show I enjoyed was The Orville, which yeah. is Seth MacFarlane's space show. Dude, I had such mixed feelings about The Orville. Like, th- there were there were concepts and, and jokes that were really good. The overall feel of that show just threw me off. I mean, I get it. It's tongue-in-cheek. Um, but I just couldn't vibe with, I wanted to, I wanted to like it. I want, I love the concepts. I love the ideas, but something about it just felt, just felt off and weird. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I might posit that you're not a big enough nerd to appreciate it. You might be or, right. You know, I mean, <laughs> well, seriously, not we're pulling nerd cards. Up yeah, there. I am pulling nerd <laughs> cards, uh, at least on sci-fi. Actually, I, I'd come the other way. I actually, I enjoyed the Orville and I will watch it, you know, when the new season comes out and everything. But I felt a weirdness, too, that I thought was due to the fact that I'd watched Star Trek so much 
that like it just had this weird to me it was like this weird like knockoff star trek thing that it was hard for me to shake well for me i i I tried to approach it as taking it as what it was and you know not being star trek but they use so many people from star trek that it's got this like underlying that nostalgic feel, yeah. feel that's yeah. not even you can't even really say hey that's nostalgia yeah. but when you have the same people that scored you know some classic star trek series scoring the orville or jonathan frakes directing episodes which right. was you know Riker in the next generation for those of you who don't know oh my um, god epic beard <laughs> i um, didn't know what does this show become <laughs> don't say you never learned no, anything me, on the sense and theory let me, podcast let me, actually let me ask you a question because this is uh something that me and uh pedro who we've mentioned you know a few times on big the friend show. of the show make big it, friend of the make show. it so uh this is something that we have uh argued about before i i like star trek i like star wars i lean a little bit star wars i and, lean way star wars are you kidding well me? here's here's my thing at the end of the day and star trek the federation they are space cops they're space cops. What do they do? They drive around rolling up to like planetary domestic disturbances, getting up in the middle of everybody's business, but imposing it's not their even their, but, it's but, not even their galaxy but, in some cases. But the prime directive. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, maybe maybe the police force needs a prime directive with some of these situations. But yeah, no. I, I at the end of the day, it's it's I got a choice between wizards with laser swords, yeah. which is pretty, pretty damn dope. Or space cops. <laughs> They're like nerd space cops, though, because, you know, all the science stuff, you know, like. I, I guess. I mean, it, I'm, I'm a big fan of the engineers, you know. They're the nerds in the nerd show. Yeah, like, the true. nerds, nerds. <laughs> I liked the Borg. Did the you? Borg are cool. Yeah. But I'm not a big Star Trek fan. And, and are maybe, you a big assimilation fan? I, what's assimilation? Well, like, that's the Borg, like, absorb other societies. Oh, yeah, themselves. that's cool as shit. That's assimilation. That's cool as shit. I mean, they, they weren't even organic life. That's that's awesome, right? They're machine life. Yeah. It's, like, expanding. It's like it's like the ultimate singularity with, with AI, you know what or I'm saying? Or the ultimate metaphor for authoritarianism and, you know. Yeah, I remember, some, uh, I remember some people in, uh, 19, <laughs> oh, I remember I some people in 1940s Europe that are uh, <laughs> pretty big fans of assimilation. <laughs> yeah. uh, maybe I need to watch some more Star Trek. But but really, now that I think about it, I have the same problem with Star Trek that I had with the Orville. And that's just this weird off feeling. It just doesn't yeah. feel natural. You know, the acting is weird. It's just weird. It's just weird. I just can't. Mm. I can't. Whereas Star Wars, it's like lasers and explosions all the time that's great i well, can get behind that you see know? i'll say that why do we have to decide which one's better uh, no. they're, they're both great i I'd, love star wars i love star trek i mean wizards with laser swords is no less cool than super <laughs> science nerds that fly across the galaxy with the coolest toys in the you know universe no, ultimately i'm right there with you if i'm being honest with myself i i actually do enjoy star trek and i've just been trolling pedro for years on uh, Star Trek. So, Pedro, I'm sorry. And as long uh, as he's known you, he didn't realize that this whole time. <laughs> um. So, have you guys uh, anything else? I, I'll tell you, I, it's really hard with the show to find time to read yeah. uh, as much as I used to. So, I haven't been reading as much as I used to, but I have actually been reading uh, a book by Tom Soule, and he's got shoot, 40 books or whatever, but uh, Intellectuals and Society. And it's kind of started to inform you know, some of what I've been doing on the show. But other than that, and, and I'm, I'm reading very little of that at a time, very few pages. But other than that, it's really just been like, uh, you know, there's a monster at the end of this book with my son. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm not really getting a lot of reading done these days other than 
everything that Vox and Slate and HuffPost puts out. You know what I mean? I'm reading all that crap. I've been watching a lot of Shameless. I, I caught up on Shameless, and uh, I don't know if you guys have seen that, but it is one of those shows that, like, it's like a train wreck constantly on pause <laughs> and, you know, yeah. in slow motion, uh, looping. Uh, it's funny. Is it kind of like, like Weeds, the way that, like, Weeds, like, at the end of every Weeds episode, you were just like, what what the hell are they gonna do? You no, know that's I mean? like the whole. Ep- that's that's like all of everything. <laughs> yeah, There's it? never any resolution. You, yeah, you know? yeah, right, it's just right. like this snowballing uh, clusterfuck of of terrible decisions. Um, <laughs> and it's and it's glorious to watch. It's great. And uh, William H Macy is the dad. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, he's like a terrible alcoholic that is is not raising his kids. And his oldest daughter is like raising this brood of children in the uh-huh. ghetto. Uh, and it's just, it's phenomenal. I, everyone, everyone should, it's wildly inappropriate. Definitely <laughs> yeah. wait till the kids go to sleep. Um, lots of boobies, which always makes that's That's why I love game of Thrones. That's why everyone loves game of Thrones. Let's be <laughs> honest. All the boobies. I pretty much don't watch anything. That's not sci-fi or cartoons. So wow. you know, I can't really get down with that. <laughs> you that locked in. Huh? I mean, more or less. Yeah. I mean, if I'm going to invest some time into it, it's going to be space or cartoons. You know, we did. Uh, so back in the day, we used to have like official royal titles for Beanzo. So like, you know, and this, I don't know, this lasted all for two drunk weeks. But anyway, when he would walk into a room, uh, you know, Beanzo's what, I don't know, nine foot tall. How tall are you? Uh, 12, 11. Yeah. Yeah. Something <laughs> like that. So when Beanzo would walk into a room, I'd be like, uh, I'd be like, keep up the long stride. Anime watcher of the night, sleeper of the day. You know, <laughs> anime, anime is his thing. Talk boy. about keeper of the long stride. Trying to walk with this man is absurd because every step he takes is two of yours. And I'm not a short guy, yeah. but literally every step he takes is two of mine. And you got to keep like tugging on his shirt. Like, hey, man, <laughs> yeah. hey, hey, back here. Well, and, 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 you know, people get upset like you're, you know, being disrespectful and trying to leave them in the <laughs> dust. It's like, that's, that's normal walking for me, man. It's like, crazy, too, because you, you walk fast. If you were a short person, I walk normal for me, though. It's just faster than me. But even with the with with legs, the same the same size as mine. You would still have a faster stride than me, just because your pace, your pace, you know, you're you're yeah. kind of bopping along, you know, your shoulders are swinging, you you're moving. Not to mention your your eight foot long legs. It's really hard to keep up with you, B. Yeah, I, you know, I just kind of think all things are relative. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you know, you know what's funny is there is. You want to talk about some nerd stuff? There is this uh, uh, really famous issue of a comic called X Factor, and one of the characters in it is a character named Quicksilver, and he has the same powers as the Flash, right? Well, this issue is seen as like groundbreaking stuff because what they did was the team uh, is going to start working for the government. So they have to go and get psychologically evaluated. And so Quicksilver is a character who's like always pissed off. He's always mad at people. He's always like, you know, he's real arrogant and stuff. And he rubs everybody the wrong way. And the the psychiatrist is asking him about it. And he's like, (laughs) Quicksilver says, you know, I've got these powers where I move super fast. He's like, so let me ask you this. Have you ever been standing in line at the ATM and the guy up at the front just doesn't know how to work the ATM <laughs> and you see him and he's hitting the buttons and nothing's going right and stuff and you got to be somewhere and you're just ready to go? That's every day of my life. <laughs> and and so anytime that like Beanzo would just dust me when we were walking somewhere, I wouldn't give him that much shit because I think about Quicksilver. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, I am kind of heroic if I do say so myself. <laughs> is, that, is that an official fact check there? Is that what that was? We'll call it a generalized statement. <laughs> oh man. Well, I think uh, you know, I think that's probably gonna do it for this week. Uh this 
show has been, this episode has been a delight. I've enjoyed doing it. Listeners are going to be really mad. They're like, I tuned in this week to hear stories about their kids <laughs> and, and, and talk about Netflix shows. What's going to <laughs> yeah. Star Wars and Star I, Trek? I, What's I promise going on you here? next week, I'm not entirely sure, but next week I think we'll be back on the Kavanaugh wagon. Yeah. Some other stories that are going on this week, but you know, every now and then you just need a breather and we needed a breather and you know, hopefully you guys did too. Hey, if you're, our show comes out on Thursday. So, you know, we've got midterms coming up and you know, just like always the political landscape is crazy as hell. So this weekend, go to the park with your kids or, or if you don't go to the park with somebody else's kids, uh, for God's <laughs> sakes, ask, ask permission first, <laughs> ask permission first, but go to the park, man, have a good day. Get out, try to forget about all that craziness and Trump and all that stuff and just, you know, enjoy life. Everyone should take a break from politics. I mean, especially when it's shoved in your face and, you know, giving you notifications every time, you know, the smallest thing happens. I mean, you need to get away from that. It's unhealthy. Absolutely. And with that, I think we need to get away from this show. And uh, though we had him on the show, we're going to kick it over to fact checker extraordinaire Beanzo, who is going to pick apart maybe all of his own inaccuracies and uh, tell us how we messed up. Beans? Fellas, fellas, that's not how this works. See, you all had me on as a guest today, and thus my contractual obligations are filled. If you want me to fact check, you'll have to pay me double. We're not. What? No. No, we are not paying you double. I no, I don't. Contractual obligation. Yeah, no, right no, here. absolutely not. Under no circumstances are we paying uh, you double. Theory, You're like you get paid at all. What? Theory Se- section four point two. It's it's right here. It's ironclad. Uh, well, you know what? Then screw it. We're not doing we're not doing a fact checking segment today. Then I guess. All right. No, you ain't getting double paid on my dime. Well, if we're not going to do a fact checking segment, um, you know, I'm still on my Twitter hiatus. Has Tay Tay hit us back yet? Okay, actually. No, you know what? We are going to do a fact check inside. I will get the the funds wired to your account. Beanzo, fact check this man, please. You know what, Theory? This one's on the house. I'll do this one pro, Beanzo. Since Taylor Swift is never coming on this show. But, dude, I'm I'm sure she got my DM. It was really nice. Stop. Stop. Since she's never, ever coming on this show. Dude, she reads her own DMs. She's the type of person to... This is world-class producer and fact-checker extraordinaire Beanzo of the Sense and Theory podcast. I want to thank you all for suffering through each show to hear the righteous takedowns I drop on the fellas. Please go like and review us on iTunes. It'll mean a lot to the guys, but more importantly, it'll help keep your old buddy Beanzo on the air. There's links to all our social media in the description, and feel free and tell the fellas how wrong they were at Sense and Theory Podcast at gmail.com. Tune in next week to hear Sense and Theory get all up in their feels when I burn all their hard work down again. Beanzo out.